Hi friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with y'all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things. And I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. Hey friends, today on the podcast is none other than my sweet mom, Tracy Smith. And if you didn't know, she has been a highly requested guest around here because here's the deal. If you know her, you know that she is just incredible. She's an amazing wife and mother. Um, She is the owner of Long Row Lavender, which is a lavender farm and cafe and gift shop. And basically, I might be a little bit biased, but I think she's the best. And I really hope that If I'm half the woman that she is when I grow up, I will have lived a successful life. And so I really enjoyed our conversation today. I do want to say this, though, before we get started. I just want y'all to know that I love my mom and we have an incredible relationship, but I also want you guys to know that life isn't perfect. And so if there's at any point in this podcast when you might be tempted to think, oh man, I can't believe that they have that kind of relationship. I just want you to know that our life isn't perfect. Our family isn't perfect. We all have bad days. We all have bad moments and we hurt one another and um, we ask for forgiveness and life is hard and all of those things. And so while we are talking about things that um, I think are really important and are really special and near and dear to my heart, I also want you guys to know that we are real people and we are not perfect. We are talking about all the things. We're talking about what it looks like to parent children with all kinds of different temperaments, making decisions about school with homeschool, private school, public school, and my mom has had kids that have done all three of those things. We're talking about how to cultivate a really good, intentional relationship with your children and how to speak life over them and encourage them towards greatness. And so I think that you guys are going to be really encouraged by this. If you're a mama, I think that My mom has a lot of words of wisdom to speak, and I just hope that this blesses you today. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with my mom, Tracy Smith. Hey, mom. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jess. I'm really happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here. This has come. You are a highly requested guest. Did you know that? Now that that just can't be. No, it's it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited that you're here because, you know, they say that the people um, closest to you are the ones that have the greatest impact on your life. And obviously, as my mother, you've had a great impact on my life. And so I'm really excited that I get to share you uh, with the world a little bit today. Well, so. I'm going to say I'm super excited to be here because, of course, I love you and I'm so proud of you. And I was thinking that of all the people in my life, I've probably spent the most time with you. Isn't that funny how that happens? Like It's weird, but you're my firstborn and you yeah. know, your daddy works and then, you know, we sleep in the same bed, but we're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, I spend most of my adult years have been with you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be able to say that their mom is their best friend, but, um, but I would say that my mom is my best friend and uh, I'm really grateful for that. And I'm really grateful for our relationship and that we do get to talk about all the things together and walk through life together. And so I'm not going to get too emotional about it, but I will say that I'm just grateful that you're my mom and I'm grateful for our relationship. And so I'm excited to kind of share that with, with people today. So 
It's going to wow. be good. Thanks for having me on. And let's not uh, make me cry right off the bat. <laughs> but I'm super happy to be here. Yay. Well, uh, welcome to the podcast officially, <laughs> Mom. So Thanks. why don't you give everybody a little intro into who you are and um, what you do and a little bit of what your life looks like, just in case people don't know you. Well, my name is Tracy. And I am, first and foremost, um, a forgiven woman, and I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a wife to a wonderful man, and I we together have four very fun, very different children that we love dearly. And uh, on top of that, we, we kind of own a little lavender farm, so we do that. <laughs> just and a little something, Just casually. a little something on the side <laughs> that really God has just um, allowed to evolve slowly, and it's become something that I never thought it really would have been, but mm-hmm. it's been a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Yay. So that's me. There you go. There you are. I got There's some other hats, but th- that's basically me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it. That's all we have for today, folks. That's, that's all we got. <laughs> no, so there's like so many different things we can talk about. Um, but one of the biggest things that all my people that know me are like, I just, your mom is amazing because oh, they get to hear a little bit about you through me and just, um, and on all of those things. And so they have all the the questions about parenting and motherhood and all of that. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk, we'll talk a little bit about the farm. Um, and then I just want to talk about, um, cultivating really good, like mother daughter relationships and, mm-hmm. and what that looks like, because I think yeah. that that has been, um, something that you were really intentional about in my life. And so I think, I guess I just don't think that our relationship with happened without intention and without purpose. And it wasn't just like one day we ended up with a really great mother daughter relationship. There was a lot of thought and prayer and intention that went into that. And so I want to talk about what that looked like because, um, because I think that people can sometimes struggle with that and there can be so many variables that go into that, you know, obviously. Um, and we're just really blessed with some really great variables. Um, but also Absolutely. but also there's been intention there. So I want to talk about all of those things. Sure. Um, but kind of to start, just because so many people have, um, you know, questions about this. Obviously, we have a fairly big family. Um, I'm the oldest of four. And so there's lots of us people running around. Yes. Um, so what did that look like, you know, as a new mom with where there's eight years between us, um, between me and Ella, mm-hmm. um, and she's the youngest. And so what did that look like kind of juggling four kids, new mom, you know, how did, what did that look like for you in that season when we were all really young? Well, I'll tell you that I think, and most, most mamas that you would talk to would agree that four is a ton easier than one. I don't know <laughs> why. I, I think because you have hands that help and you are just in mama mode and you know they need you desperately, and uh, there is um, there's a great place in your heart that really wants to fulfill that need and do it well. Mm-hmm. Not perfect. I really yeah. want to stress not perfect because oh my heavens! I mean, you can ask <laughs> any of my children; they'd say, "Yeah, mom is not perfect." And um, but definitely four was easier than one. And I'll say maybe because I was the last born of my family, and I didn't quite know very much what I was doing. So, um, you, you got the, you got the novice when you came into the world. So (laughs) I, I think that juggling the four, you give a, 
your um, older children small responsibilities that are huge and helpful mm-hmm. to a mom. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, we laugh all the time, but even cleaning light switches and wiping down door handles with a Lysol wipe. I don't know why that was such a big deal, but it was so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of miss it. I need someone to do that <laughs> lately, but, but it just was helpful. And so as your children grow and as the older ones would um, settle in, they, they know they're a little bit more independent mm-hmm. than the youngers mm-hmm. and they can simply help and they want to help. Yeah. And so it just fills your day. Yeah. Well, I remember, you know, I've always kind of been a little bit independent, but mm-hmm. so oh, I absolutely. liked, I liked having jobs. Like oh, I yes. liked feeling important. I liked having <laughs> things to do, you know, and I, I mean, still don't like the Lord because <laughs> Jessica, can you go get me a diaper? You know, I just remember just, yeah. you know, you combing uh, Ella's hair, fixing her hair on Sunday morning, just allowing your older children to have some responsibility. Mm-hmm. Well, however small it is, it's so very, very helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I think probably, and I've obviously not been a mom, but probably kind of letting go of the perfect and doing that, you know, because they're not going to do it like you would. You know, like they an eight-year-old is not going to do things like a 30-something-year-old would. <laughs> no, they are not. And, you know, um, of, of that has evolved in my heart a little bit, that perfectionism. Um, and I had someone, some dear friends of ours, he said, I'm going to forget what he said, doggone it. <laughs> but um, he said, um, good enough is perfect. Oh, I love that. And I tell you what, sometimes I just whisper that to myself. Mm. Good enough is perfect. And then I'll say, unless you're building the arch, because I think, you know, you got to be kind of spot on with that one. But, you know, can't mess good, up the St. Louis arch. You cannot mess that up. But I just I think good not. enough is perfect. It gives some freedom. And it also gives freedom for the child who's helping yeah. that ability to learn. Otherwise, yeah. you don't give them any margin to actually learn. Right, right. Which is can be so stifling then. You it know what can. I mean? It can't go, so why would I try if I, if I'm always going to fail? Right. You know, even as adults, we feel that way. We kind of get paralyzed. Why would I try if I'm going to fail? But you want to have some progress and you yeah. want to be able to teach the child to have progress. And I remember you were 18 months old and I was trying to fix your hair mm-hmm. and you were very headstrong and said, all by myself, mommy. <laughs> and I thought to myself at that point, you know, I eventually want her to fix her own hair. Yeah. What's the harm Mm -hmm. in letting her do it now? And I did. I let you do it. And you did fine. (laughs) You know, you're just little, but you just wanted to try. You wanted to have the freedom to try. It wasn't a foolish request. It was just a request. Mm -hmm. And so I let you have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think one of the biggest things that I remember you saying to me growing up um, that has really made an impact in my life today and how I, I look at things and how I speak to people and that kind of things, um, those kinds of things. But you said to me one time that there was an instance where I guess like you were talking to someone, um, about like maybe something that was going on with me or whatever. And I think I came to you afterward and I was like, mom, I was really embarrassed that you were talking to so-and-so about that thing that I did or whatever. And I think I was pretty young. And I remember you saying to me that in that moment you decided that you would never speak poorly about your children to other people. And, um, and 
obviously sometimes you have to go to people for wise counsel and that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying that there's not specific situations sure. where you need to, to do that. Um, but I remember you saying that to me and, and like apologizing to me that, that you would like talk to somebody and, and not that you even really needed to, you're my mom, you can do whatever. But, oh, yeah, um, but from that moment, I remember you, you said that to me. And I think that that is probably one of the biggest things that allowed us to have a really healthy relationship because I trusted you and Aww. I trusted that you weren't going to, do you know what I mean though? Like yes. that you, that I could tell you things and you weren't going to just go tell all your friends or whatever. Um, even though you were my mom and even though you kind of had every right to do that, like you chose to speak life over your children and I really believe that moms can be prophets in their children's lives. And mm -hmm. so they can kind of speak into existence who you their child will become. Can. You absolutely can. And I tell you, um, I remember that time too. And I just want to say that um, as, as moms, as young moms, when you got together, it was like, oh my heaven's sakes, if I cannot just talk your ear off, just another adult, just yeah. to speak to yeah. another adult, you're so lonely for convert adult conversation mm -hmm. and you can begin to complain about the, the problems that you're having with your children or the issues that you're having. You're trying to troubleshoot. You're trying to bounce ideas right, you're off just of each other, out. trying to figure it out. And yet... All of a sudden, when you said that to me, you were no longer this little project that I was trying to grow up. You were an actual person that I had hurt. And so, you know, when we hurt our children, the best thing for us to do is to say, I'm so sorry. Will you yeah. forgive me? Will you forgive me? And then remember that we're not going to be perfect and we just move forward. Mm -hmm. And remember to respect people's privacy, that that is someone's heart and it is someone's feelings. And yeah. so you just learn, I mean, and you learn by making mistakes Yeah, and look what God did. But yeah, and God that's the thing is, it's like, out of that. I, I'm sure that it wasn't, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how old, I don't really even remember this. I, I just remember you. we were in California. You, you were like, you I was know, little. a bambino. You right. were so tiny, but right. But really, I mean, look what God did. Right. Because he actually formed trust yes. from, you know, me listening and you being brave enough to say something. Yeah. So God is just good. To yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, people all the time are like, oh my gosh, just wait till they're teenagers. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, it's that you can just assume that like, oh, they're going to be like so hard when they're teenagers and they might like you now when they're seven, but wait till they're 13. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you never said that about us. And so, and I'm not saying, I'm not here to say that we haven't had hard days. You know oh, what I'm for saying? Sure. There's definitely, I'm pretty sure I've told you that I hated you before, yeah, like that, at some point I, in I my life. I think that I've heard that a few times from a few people. It's really <laughs> fine though. But it's always <laughs> been like a day. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't yes. think we've ever gone through a season of, I hate my mom yeah. or like I, you know, and we just can't see in each other or whatever. It's always been a hard moment, a hard day, a hard week, you know, but it's never been this culture and this mindset of mm. strife between us, even in my teenage years. And I think that that has been really huge in our relationship mm. because we didn't go through this period of, I hate my mom. But I think one of the biggest reasons why that happened is because you didn't say that it was going to. 
That wasn't the expectation. The expectation was not that you're going to be a rebellious teenager and be, you know, a brat. And that's how our relationship is going to be. That was never the expectation. And that was never spoken over me. And I think that that makes a difference when you, when you kind of speak that into existence, even jokingly, um, I hear people say that and I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't have to be like that. Like it just, and I'm not, I'm not an anomaly. I think that that is so much of a perspective thing, you know? Well, and I mean, if we think about our own lives, even as adults, we become who people think we are. Yeah. And it's very difficult because even if someone speaks something once, we rehearse it. Mm-hmm. And so we hear it again and again and again. And I mean, I don't know if the, if I'm allowed to say this and you can cut it if you need to, <laughs> but I got a bad review this weekend. Oh, yeah. Can I just say I have fun. rehearsed yeah. that bad review I mean, I've looked at it. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Stop looking at it. It's, you know, and I rehearse it. And that's what we do with the, with the bad things. Even when they can be so dumb. Even when you're right. And you know, it doesn't matter, but it can be who we become. And so words are very powerful. And, um, and as far as not wanting to create that culture of I hate my mom. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like conflict. I mean, you know that I'll yeah. run from conflict <laughs> as fast as yes. I can. And so when there is conflict, I'm like, Oh my heavens, I can't like, sleep we can't until this. we figure this out. Yeah. And so I had a real, I had gone to a conference one time and I had a real wise woman say that if you want to be close to your daughters and you're finding that there's a little bit of tension. Mm-hmm. You need to get them away from their norm. Take them away for a weekend. Take them away for a day mm-hmm. and just be with them. Don't mm-hmm. be mom at home. Just be mom on many vacations. Yeah. And establish a memory. And I that always sat with me. I thought, oh, that's so cool. And of course, I haven't done that a ton with you girls, but... I do think about that when there's mm-hmm. conflict. I'm like, oh, for heaven's sakes, we need ice cream. We need to do something, <laughs> do something <laughs> to get different. away yeah. from the actual tension. Right, right. No, and I think that's so big. I just remember that as being a very defining um, moment in my life and a de- very defining thing over my teenage years even and just seeing that you know, play out with peers and that kind of stuff um, that really didn't like their parents or it's it's been um, this point of wrestle. And I... I mean, that's the responsibility of the teenager and the parent, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it takes two to tango, you know? And so I just think it's really important for people to hear like, Hey, it doesn't have to be that way. Like it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. And you know, even if there's conflict and there's going to be conflict and kids are not going to agree and parents are sometimes wrong and we're not always going to agree on things. But to come back to that, even in marriage, but even, but to come back to the, to the fact that we're on each other's team. Yes. That is yeah. big. Yeah. And to, and to say, say that to your kids. And to say that to your yeah. kids. I am not against you. Yeah. It feels like I'm against you, but I couldn't be more for you. I mean, I can't tell mm. you how many times we have said that yeah. to our kids. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't be any more for you yeah, than we like you, are. We are your biggest cheerleaders. We are your biggest cheerleaders. And it doesn't feel like it when we're saying no <laughs> or we're right. um, the weird parent or whatever. But um, we... For sure. Love you. And that's where this comes from. You know, we're talking to you from a place of love. Yeah, absolutely. And and I can see that even it's like in, you know, 
I'm going to call them the kids. That's what I've always called the kids. The little. Always called the kids. Not little anymore, but you know. (laughs) That much younger than me. (laughs) Seen that with the kids. Oh, wow. What an oldest move. (laughs) Whatever. They're going to be 40. You're going to be like, the kids. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. They don't listen to my podcast. (laughs) That's what they get. It's all good. (laughs) Um, No, but I've seen that with the kids that like they are the same way that they don't you know, they have really good relationships with you and dad. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it doesn't come without its seasons of struggle, but, sure, uh, but there's just, I think a, a respect as much as I sometimes think like we can be, we can joke around and poke fun and whatever, but there is this, this mutual respect. I think that happens in our family with one another, um, that I think is really important, even though we might not acknowledge it all the time, you know, sure. um, that, that that is a really big thing. This, this respect for each other as people, um, and as individuals, and I think, like, as a parent to your child, to respect them as an individual, as their own person, that they are their own person, that they do have their own dreams and desires, and mm-hmm, and you're helping shape that. Um, but that kind of – talk about, you know, how um, the funnel parenting? Talk oh, about the funnel parenting yes. for a second. <laughs> so funnel parenting. So, oh, boy, I tell you, I just want to say I did not know what I was doing when I had a baby. <laughs> and – First off, I, I did not get Jessica sleeping through the night until she was 10 months old. And that's just terrible. <laughs> I know that's, I mean, it's just terrible. And here's why babies need sleep. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And I made lots of little mistakes along the way. But I ended up reading a series of books that really helped me hone. Well, you know what? It just gave me the power to realize that I was the mom hmm. and that I was training you. And I was going to reap what I was sowing into you. That's you were this little sponge. You were being trained and God had given you to me and daddy and that I could do this. Yeah, I really could do this. And so one of the concepts was to uh, parent in a funnel. And so what that looked like is when your children are tiny and and small, they are very dependent. They have very little freedom, no freedom, really. Mm -hmm. You decide when they're going to bed. You decide when they're getting a bath. You decide what kind of food they're eating. You decide what kind of drink they're going to drink. Mm -hmm. You decide the books they're going to read. You decide everything for them, who they're going to play with, all of it. It's tight. That funnel is tight. Yeah. Then as they grow and as they mature and as they learn more and more, as they learn to comb their hair, as they learn to brush their teeth, you begin to release the grip on the funnel. And so... It begins to open up a little bit. If you can kind of imagine the funnel's really tight at the bottom, Mm -hmm. you've got all the control, and then you begin to release the funnel a little bit as the child um, demonstrates that they can, and boy, they will. I mean, come on. They they really want to learn, and they'll demonstrate that they can handle that responsibility and as they grow and as they learn. So when they're a teenager, you're just kind of loosely holding the funnel. You're loosely holding it. And so if we do the opposite and when they're little, we let them do whatever they want because we're letting them explore the world or whatever reason you have behind it, you know, which, you know, probably isn't bad, but you just give them all this freedom. Yeah. They get to choose their clothes. They get to choose when they go to bed. They get to choose if they're going to eat their vegetables. They get to choose all these things. It's very loose, 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 loose. They are accustomed Hmm. to that type of loose parenting. And so when they become older, 
where now they know how to drive (laughs) and now they have some money and then all of a sudden, you know, they want to go to a party and you stick the reins on when a tight funnel hold and you're Mm -hmm. like, you're not going to that party. They're going to freak out. Yeah. That's what's going to happen because they're not accustomed to you having any boundaries. Mm -hmm. So the funnel really helped us give boundaries as the children grew and learned and demonstrated that they could handle that independence Mm -hmm. and that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really big because then for me, uh, I, (laughs) and this isn't really a great thing about me, but I don't really do well when people tell me what to do. I just don't like it. Like, (laughs) as we all know, like, I don't like it when people tell me what to do. (laughs) This is why the only other job I've ever had was at the library for six months, because I like being my own boss. I like making my own decisions, you know? She does Um, like being her own boss. Yes. But, um, and so I think that if as a teenager, if you and dad clamped down on me, I would have been like, well, bye. Like, see y'all later. You know what I mean? Because I would have been so frustrated and even little things. And I, these aren't like morally right or wrong things to do. They just helped me. Like you and you and dad weren't like, when I started driving, okay, call me when you get there, call me when you leave, call me when you go somewhere else, call me when, because, and you just weren't like that. You were like, okay, be responsible. Like we want to know where you're going and kind of like what time you'll probably be home. Um, but those were the parameters and it wasn't this like, call me, call me, call me, call me. And that gave me freedom because I think what would have happened is I would have forgotten to call you. And then there would have been frustration and anger of like oh my gosh you didn't call me you know da, 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 and it could have caused this tension between us yes um but there was no point of contention or tension there because of that and again that's not like a morally like right or wrong thing no, there's something that no. helped me because it didn't create frustration there and I was really grateful for that because because that would have been really frustrating for me even though like you were still my parents and I if that was the rules I should submit underneath them but I just know my personality would be like uh no like you know I just wouldn't like that right and you're gonna have children who have very strong personalities very independent and you're gonna be able to see that right out of the gate I mean at about 18 months you're gonna be able to see what kind of personality they're gonna have at 18 20 40 you're gonna see that and you're gonna get to be able to see a bird's eye view of God shaping it, which is really kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to have children who are um, are uh, much more submissive, quiet, just want to please. And you're going to have mm-hmm. those kids too. And you're going to parent them the same but different. But you're going to see what they need and react toward that. I, I used to say that uh, you were a macro sinner. <laughs> and I'd say, when Jessica sins... Like the whole world knows. I'm like, so um, she could, her brother could uh, pinch her, but she'd haul off and waylay him. And then she'd get in trouble because I don't see the pinch, but I for sure see her smack him. Now she never did that. I'm just giving an example. But I also I lose have, my temper yeah. though. <laughs> I also have micro centers in my family, and those are the ones that are under the cuff, and those are almost harder because they're going to sin in a way that uh, was that you or was that your sibling? You don't quite know, mm-hmm. and you have to be really careful. They're almost a little passive aggressive, and you have to be careful that you're really in tune with with how does your child sin? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And then how do you respond appropriately? So. Right. 
that's always that <laughs> that's like the story of our lives you're always gonna know jessica did something wrong that's for sure <laughs> i mean it's go big or go home you know what i'm saying <laughs> i mean right it's like what we do it's fine oh, it's all good, good. oh my gosh okay so we're gonna switch gears a little okay. bit um and talk about homeschooling okay. um because i was homeschooled all the way through except for third grade when we went to christian school um when we moved here to missouri so, but not all of us have been homeschooled all the way right. through. Um, so what did that look like? Like, why did you make that decision initially? And then how have you guys kind of navigated the school thing? You know? Uh, good question. So initially, uh, we lived in California and the way the cutoff dates worked in California, you were going to start kindergarten at age four and it was all day kindergarten. So I was like, Oh, I don't want my baby to go to kindergarten all day. She still takes a nap. I mean, I was just kind of digging my heels in and, uh, I was, we were going to a church that had a community of women that homeschooled their children. And of course I'm influenced by them and to top it all off, you didn't have to go to kindergarten in the state of California. You just mm-hmm. could start first grade. And I thought, well, for heaven's sakes, this is a free year. So let's keep her home. Um, and that's what we did. We kept you home. And, you know, I had taught you how to go to the bathroom. I had taught you how to take a bath. I had taught you um, how to tie your shoes. I had taught you how to eat properly without making a mess. I taught you all these things. And, and someone told me one time, uh, she said, you know, you are her greatest teacher mm-hmm. and you can do this. And those women really empowered me. And I thought, okay, I can do this. I can teach this child how to read. I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so we did, we did it for a year and we just kept you home and you thrived and it was not easy. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, but I'm sure every mom does. And, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't easy, but we, we did it and we saw the fruit of it and you were reading by Christmas. It was crazy. So we thought, well, we'll just keep going mm-hmm. now. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that totally answers my question. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of where we went with that. Yeah. Yeah. So then how did that kind of progress throughout like, you know, all the other people that we have in our house? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> When Colin came up, we thought, well, you know, here's the ha- here's what happened. When you homeschool and your subsequent children are basically going to homeschool when they're three, mm-hmm. they learn everything. Yeah. I mean, just by default, they're sitting down during reading time. They're sitting down when we do math flashcards, they're with you. Mm-hmm. And so they're learning by default, even if they're playing with their trains or their beans, we had like right. this bean basket thing <laughs> that they played with. And so I know I still have it for grandkids. I'm so excited. I'm but dead. I know I might That's need hilarious. to change out the beans, but That's I still have it. Oh my God. It's in the basement. But anyway, it, they learn by default. And so it was really easy transition to bring Colin on in. And then of course I'm pregnant with Dylan. And so, you know, you just got, you just got stuff and you just start yeah. doing it. Yeah. And then when we moved here, we thought, well, we'll transition them into Christian school. Uh, we were pregnant with our fourth child thought this was the best thing. And, um, you know, the, the school disbanded after the first year and we thought, Oh no, like three weeks before school was to start. And so we thought, well, that just kind of shoved us back into the homeschool. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that close. It was that close. And that's why we were in a panic. We thought, well, it's really easy to, I've done it before. We just order curriculum and we start and that's what Mm -hmm. we did. And then as y'all grew, you could see where your interests were. Mm-hmm. 
And we began to foster those interests. Yeah. And as we fostered them, um, we would say things like, you know, when it comes time for high school, we need you to give us an opinion. Do you want to go to high school? Mm-hmm. Because, and not be homeschooled, but go right, to public right. school. <laughs> right. Right. Do you want to do high school at all? No. Right. Just, <laughs> just want to do you want to just drop out? I don't know. Maybe. It's fine. <laughs> so we would ask, do you want to go to public school for high school? Because school is fun. Yeah. I mean, and there are things about school that I cannot duplicate. You're yeah, not totally. going to get to, to experience. And so we knew that, that homeschool would be a sacrifice for our kids if mm-hmm. we did it during high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you and Colin chose, you were kind of steeped in what you wanted to do and, or what you thought you I wanted really to do. I really thought I knew everything when I was you like know, 12. You know, as much as you need to know and you try yeah. to make decisions and, and you know, we do too, but uh, then y'all decided to go ahead and progress through home and, and graduate from homeschool. And so that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And then when our younger children came to those decisions, we began to see uh, that they were wired a little different, wanted to do some different things. There was more freedom in our family because we mm-hmm. didn't have subsequent little ones. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we were able to see that maybe public school was better for them. Yeah. In particular, our third child was not thriving under my uh, instruction. I mm-hmm. mean, let's be honest. And yeah. so when you're seeing that as a mom, I don't want to hurt him. Yeah, totally. And so... You know, you make decisions and I've always said, I've always said that God can handle our children's education. Yeah, totally. And, and that should give everybody freedom because Mm -hmm. there's not just one way to do it. And you're going to get these great kids. Yeah. No, no, it is just, that's just not reality because we're in a broken world and we are very broken people. And so because of that, we have to trust God to handle, Mm -hmm. handle it. So that's kind of how it progressed with us. Right. And every kid's going to be different. And I think tailoring that is really important that it it might work for some people for a season. It might not work at all. You know, you never know. There isn't a, like you do this, 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 and this, and you know, that's good. It's not two plus two equals four. No. As much as we'd all like it to be. We'd all like it to be, but you know what? Um, in that, it takes God out of the equation. Honestly, mm. if it were two plus two equals four, then what do we need God for? Yeah. If we could just figure this out and do this parenting so right that we produce healthy, well-rounded, um, loving adults, then what do we need God for? Right. But we need God because we're, we're so broken mm-hmm. and we need our children to recognize their brokenness so that they know they need him. And so yeah. oftentimes in a really great home atmosphere, you know, not without conflict, but you know, on the more, totally. most part, they're safe and happy yeah. and fed. They can sometimes not even see their need for, for Christ. Yeah. And so that, um, you want them to be able to see that, oh, okay, I yeah. do need him. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think, um, you guys, making it available to be an option for us to like go to high school or whatever that that being like a group decision also is really helpful because it's not a like oh my parents made me like x y and z it was just like oh I think I'm gonna have more opportunities 
you know, if I go this direction, I think this is what I want to do, you know, and it, it kind of put, it's like that same concept of the funnel parenting of like, it put a little bit of the control yes. in my hands, even though ultimately you're the parent. So you could make the final decision, but yes. you kind of allow your child at that age, like, okay, you've, you've kind of trained them and allowed them, helped them to make good decisions in their life. And so, you know, let's, how do we approach this decision together? You know? And I think that that was really helpful because that gave me opportunity to, to do things like start my business at 16, sure. you know? Yeah, And that, that worked for me. You know, that worked really well. Whereas for Dylan and Ella, that's not something they have any kind of interest in. And right. that's okay. That's Absolutely. fine, you know? Um, but every kid is going to be different. And so you kind of like have to make different decisions for each kid. You, you know? do. And every decision has a cost. And yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, and I would say that you and Colin would both agree that deciding to not... Um, go to public or private school mm-hmm. during your high school years had a cost and it yeah. cost you sports. Yeah. It cost you probably some friendship groups. Yeah. And, and so there's a cost right. and yet that you also had a benefit. Yeah. There's and pros and cons to everything. There's pros That's and cons to everything. Yeah. You know, Dylan and Ella would probably say, well, they probably won't say it now, but <laughs> they might say it in the future. <laughs> yeah. That the cost was, they missed out. I'm going to laugh, but they missed out on time with me. But here's, yeah. I know, here's what I think. Every time I drive down to St. Louis and I go to lunch and I, I get to spend the day in the city and it's mm-hmm. so fun. I'm like, Oh, if I just had my homeschool kids, this would be so fun. Yeah. And they miss that. They're going yeah. to have missed. There's loss there. Mm-hmm. And, well, yet, and there, there's like, I mean, when you're in public school, your time I think that's oh, the biggest thing. That was the biggest thing for me when I made that decision in high school. It wasn't so much like I hate people and I want to stay home. Sure. Like it wasn't no, that, at all. that kind of decision no. at all. It was, do I want somebody dictating that much of my time? Yes. You know, and like I said before, I don't really like it when people, you know, tell me what to do. I don't like that kind of um, structure sometimes. And so I really, really, really like freedom. I just do. I like the freedom of making my own decisions and and that kind of thing. And so with my time, I was like, well, I'm not going to have somebody else tell me I have to go somewhere every day. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be eight hours. Yeah. And then be there for eight hours or plus if you do sports and stuff like that, which I mean, I definitely look back and be like, oh, I would have played high school sports. It would have been so fun. I loved basketball and volleyball and all of those things. And I did play that a little bit, but it def- definitely wasn't the same as, yes. you know, being a part of a public school and whatever. But, um, but for me, that was, I, I loved that freedom. I loved that. And it gave me a lot of opportunity. Um, but some people thrive with structure, you know, yes. and that is really, really helpful. And so it's just so dependent on each individual, um, that it is very much a, it is. a child by child. You know, and I just want to say to all those mamas out there who, you know, you're going to have to make that decision with your husband for your children. You know, yeah, everyone says, seek the Lord and yes, yeah, seek the Lord because for heaven's sake, he knows the future and yeah. you don't for sure. Seek the Lord and yet give yourself a break and understand that yeah. God can handle your children's education. When we put our children in public school, you know, I cried and cried and, <laughs> you know, cried some more and Chad would say to me, babe, we're not stopping being their parent just because we're sending them to school. Stop yeah. crying. Yeah. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> they're going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. We're still their parents. And they're fine. And they're fine. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that there hasn't been challenges, but for heaven's sakes, there were challenges. I was going to say, well, there's challenges no I matter mean, what you do. There's, they're, you know, they're growing up. They're learning. Uh, you're learning. And, um, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. God yeah. can handle it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I went to the people 
before I did this interview with you to because I was like, yeah, to the people, <laughs> um, because I was like, okay, you know, you're my mom. So we talk about literally everything. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, people, what do you want to know? And so, um, one of the things that somebody asked me was, um, a question for you of like, how did you help and encourage your kids to pursue their talents and passions? How did you help kind of like shape and mold them through that process? Wow. Well, we touched a little bit on it with, with homeschooling and being able to recognize when your kids were, um, bent a certain way or Mm -hmm. had a certain interest. Mm -hmm. And so we did. So, you know, when you were teaching little people how to read, the older people are kind of bored out of their mind Mm -hmm. because it's really painstaking. If you've ever taught a child to read, you're like, Oh, for heaven's sakes, let me just read it for you. Right, it's just, right. oh. And so when you have an eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old listening to a four year old try to read, mm-hmm. it gets taxing. Mm-hmm. And so I remember saying to you, if you'll get your schoolwork done, you can watch Rachel Ray for an hour. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, that was an incentive. You got to watch Rachel Ray and you started cooking. And then you started taking pictures. And then you um, were taking pictures of flowers, I believe. Yeah. Yes, throwback Liam, to the glory days. Throwback. When I had a homeschool blogger, you, my rebellious yes. stage was having a homeschool blogger account and not telling you and dad. Yes, you little rebel. Yeah. At twelve, so awesome. It was very exciting. Well, at least you got some writing in, because yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that we I'm were very so good at mad. that. I'm so mad that I deleted that because that would have been. I know. At one point mm. in my life, I was like, I don't do this anymore. I moved to blog a blog spot. Um, and I deleted my homeschool blogger and that would have been gold. I cannot believe I got rid of oh, that. That makes me want to cry so or hurt you. What I in the know. world? I don't know Ugh. what I was thinking. Obviously I didn't think <laughs> I wasn't thinking, but it was very cool. It was brown and teal and exciting. But anyway, continue. Well, so when you see your children kind of gravitating towards something that they like, then we would, you know, how do we financially support her? How do you get training? What do you do? You were, you were, um, getting more interested, uh, in online and following, uh, photographers who were maybe just maybe five, six, seven years older than you. Mm-hmm. And you were learning, 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 learning. And so just giving you the freedom to do that, even though you're online. Mm-hmm. And I remember wrestling going, Oh, she is online a lot and I really don't please her very well or at all. And yet you were using it for good. So there was no reason to kind of come down. And, mm-hmm. and, um, so just to give you freedom, to give you some financial help a little bit mm-hmm. to get you started. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Colin. Colin would sit at the table and I'd be trying to teach math and he would be drumming his fingers. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, have a heart attack you. <laughs> if you do not stop yeah. i oh my gosh remember my when mind. he would like drum on the back of the seats in the car and you'd be sitting there like Colin, stop hitting my seat <laughs> oh my heavens i mean oh, and yet that's how god designed him and wired him somehow his feet and his hands can move in different rhythms and mm. play a musical in- instrument so we you know one year for christmas bought him this pack package at Mazingo's music where he had to go and be a part of an actual band mm-hmm. for six weeks, then put on a concert. I thought mm-hmm. he was going to kill us. He did not really like this <laughs> gift very much. 
So, but it was great exposure. So just be able to see what are my children? What are, what do they love? What are they interested in? And then help them toward that. Sometimes that's financially helping them toward Mm -hmm. that. Okay. We're going to buy a drum set. That's an investment or we're going to invest in some lessons. So everything that every parent, you know, thinks and wants to do same thing for sports or, uh, where, wherever your child is bent and that's, and then to be able to let go of our own expectations. Mm. This was huge for dad and I. Yeah. Huge. Because you weren't going to go to college. Yeah. And you had made um, a prayerful decision to not go to college. And that was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And yet, what do we want? Yeah. Do we want you to follow the Lord? Or do we want you to make us happy? Yeah. And... The reality is, is if you follow the Lord, it is going to make us happy. Yeah. And so letting go of these expectations of what life has to look like to raise perfect children. Yeah. Letting go of that is huge because then you give your child the freedom to be who God and discover who God designed them to be. And you know what? That can evolve. Yeah. And I'll say to you, and I've said in the past, go to school if you want to Mm -hmm. be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Do it if you want to do it. You have your whole life ahead of you. Do it. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it if you don't want to, you Mm -hmm. know? So just giving our children some freedom to navigate the gifts God has given them and their interest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really big because I mean, and I have a lot of respect for you and dad, because if I really look, looking back now at those, those like my junior and senior year of high school and me being like, I want to be a wedding photographer and having never shot a wedding before. And like all of these things, right. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I was crazy, you know? And like my poor parents, I mean, my poor parents, because I remember sitting and we would have these conversations about college with dad, you know, and dad's very well educated. (laughs) You know, you you come from this, like, I'm like, my parents went to college are very well educated, all these things. And here I am like, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to have a photography business. Like, and that sounds so like woo woo. And so that's not going to work. But look at you and look what God has done. I mean, come on. But like, but that wasn't happening then. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that wasn't like I wasn't where I am now. And so um, I can just imagine how hard that would be as a parent, you know, to be in that situation with your 17 year old that is like decided they're going to have their own business and that's going to be their career. That's kind of nuts, you know? And so I can just imagine that that's really that was really difficult for you and dad and that was not like that wasn't I wasn't thinking about that like for sure when I was trying to make those decisions I wasn't like this has got to be kind of hard on my parents I'm the the firstborn I'm you know and we were homeschooled and so now I really look like a nutcase (laughs) (laughs) like now they're really crazy because she's not going to go to college and you know and I got some flack from people about that and on all of that and yet undo flack but yes well you know and people just want you to be wise and I understand that because on, on Honestly, I would, I would probably question someone that, you know, came to me a little bit, like saying those same things. And yet, you know, I think that there's a way to do that well. And, you know, whatever, that's a whole different conversation, but you can just imagine that was difficult, you You know, know, and it was, but I'll tell you what made it easier. And, and this is what made it easier is that you were walking with the Lord because if you were, if you hated us, Mm -hmm. 
and had just were just at a fork in the road and didn't want to have anything to do with um, following the Lord, it would have been much more difficult because we know that there are consequences to going your own way and they hurt. Mm-hmm. We know that and God knows that. And that's why he gives us a choice Yeah, because he knows that when we choose to not follow him, the consequences are so very hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that had you, and I, I think you would agree that your faith is uh, larger now than it was at 17, yeah. 18 years old. Right. And yet we could see evidence of the fact that, you know, you really did want to do the right thing, that you really did want to follow the Lord and you weren't making every decision right. And we aren't either, but we could see that, okay, do we trust the Lord or not with this child? And that's really what it comes down to. And even when they're rebellious, the question is, do I trust the Lord or not with this child? And I always say to myself, when I'm getting frustrated with a child or I'm getting scared, when I'm scared, yeah. I start to ask myself, you know, do I trust the Lord? And does he love them more than I do? Mm. And yeah. the answer to both is yes. Yeah. Yes, I trust the Lord. And yes, he yeah. loves them more than I do. Right. He loves them so much that, you know, he's made a way for them to choose him. And so that's, um, that's kind of what I always go back to. Yeah. And yeah. That's comforting in the midst of It is of comforting. The yeah. Because absolutely. it's all unknown. Yeah. It's right. all Even, unknown. And that's the thing. And, and, you know, something I thought a lot about w- making that decision of whether or not to go to college and what to pursue and whatever is like, you know, we find a lot of security in things that aren't necessarily all that secure. Mm-hmm. So we find a lot of security in a college degree. And I am not knocking going to college. No, I think going to college is great. Like, I think that that's probably the decision that a lot of people should make, you know, I'm not knocking it at all. Um, but sometimes we can just take, find all this security in a college degree in a certain mm-hmm. job and um, a certain lifestyle and, you know, whatever it is. And, and those things can fail us you know? Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's like, what are we putting our faith in and our trust in? Like in, in my college degree and how hard I work and like what my life looks like or X, Y, and Z, the job I have, Mm -hmm. or is my faith in the Lord. And I don't think that that means we just sit on the couch and eat bonbons and be like, I'm trusting the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like that's not it either. No, he created us for good works. He created us to do something. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I do think that there is this balance that you have to find between like going and doing and, um, and, and working hard and right, like doing the good works that he's created for us to do. Um, but at the same time, like trusting the fact that he is God and that his ways are bigger than my ways. Mm-hmm. And ultimately like he's the one who knows the future and I don't, so I can rest right. in that. Absolutely. You know? There are just times when you just need to rest Yeah, and rest in the fact that God is bigger than then my life here on yeah. earth, that's very, very fleeting. God is bigger. And you know, you had said something um, that you appreciated that dad and I did not say, we need you to text us when you get somewhere. Yeah. You need yeah. to call it. And here's how we've always felt, which I hope is wise. Um, we've always felt like your days are numbered. Mm-hmm. God says in his word, that our days are numbered. He knows the very number of our days. He knows that our days are numbered. He knows those days. And so I don't know that number. Yeah. I don't know. And whether it's on the road or whether it's 
on the mission field or whether it's when you go to prison, I don't get to decide when it's your time to go to be with the Lord. I don't get to decide that. And we don't want to be unwise. And yet at some point in time, you got to lay down your head and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And be okay. Right. And trust in the fact that God is so good. Mm -hmm. Even when bad things happen and bad things will happen here on this earth. They just will. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to die one day. Daddy's going to die one day. Y'all are all going to die. And we're all guaranteed that that's going to happen. And so it doesn't mean there isn't loss and that there isn't hurt, but I can't sit and stew over it right? because you know, the next day's coming. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, just a little bit of throwback to what you said earlier. That's really good. (laughs) I think that's so wise. So, um, clearly we could talk about 10 million things. Oh, for sure. Um, but, and we didn't even talk about the farm or anything like that. So we'll have to have you back, mom. Oh, are we done? What? That was so fast. I know it's almost been like 50 minutes. (laughs) Literally. I could talk her ear off. Killing the game. mom. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. We have to, I have one more question for you. And then I have to ask you the question that we asked all the people. Mm -hmm. Um, but to the mom who is in the thick right now, mm-hmm. the thick. Oh, the I thick understand. What do you? What does? What do you want to say to her? What does she need to hear? Hmm. You're so valuable. Mm-hmm. You're so loved. You're so valuable. And you being a mom is the most important thing you can do and it is physically draining it is physically draining and that's okay I used to tell my kids at like a certain hour I'm like look I'm gonna turn into a pumpkin here in a second a few people don't get to bed like get to bed I'm you dying still say that, Mom. <laughs> okay I do kind of still say that so I'm like there's like this bewitching hour where I'm going to change <laughs> so I can't be nice anymore go to bed but there is nothing more valuable than holding your babies underneath your neck and just feeling the warmth of their body and kissing their faces off and letting them sit in your lap and reading a book and being still. There's nothing more valuable than that, than that time that you're giving those kids. It is valuable. And you know what? I'll just say this. Let your husband pull you away and lock the door. I mean, I know that we're not on that subject, but let your husband do that Mm -hmm. because he needs you mm-hmm. and don't, don't look at it that, Oh, my husband needs me. I have to do this, mm-hmm. but look at it as you married him. You love him. Mm-hmm. He, you're still dating him, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. allow him to be your boyfriend Yeah, because you're being pulled in so many directions and it's okay. That the dishes yeah. are dirty and it's okay. that things are kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but Allow him to steal you away from the responsibilities of being a mom, but cherish being a mom because you have great value Mm -hmm. and no one can be these babies mama except you. And so do it and love it and go to bed for heaven's sakes, (laughs) you know, put the babies to bed and go to sleep Yeah, and get some rest. Oh, and take a shower in the morning. I'm just saying. It's going to make you feel like a new person. It's going to be a new person. Yeah. Oh, and can I just say one more thing? Wake up before your children. I'm just going to say it's just key. And I know it's tiring, but if your babies get up at six, I'm sorry, moms, get up at five. Just do it. Just do it. And read your Bible or read a book or have a cup of coffee or sit outside on the patio. Be a person Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. just a second. Mm -hmm. And then 
I mean, if they're getting up at six, for heaven's sake, surely they're going to bed at seven or eight. So you can get right. yourself to bed at nine. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. No, I think those are all like, that's it. I love it. <laughs> I think it's so important. I think I that love people those need to baby hear that. years. I yeah. learned so much. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's so valuable and it's so important for people to hear those things. And I think it it ha- carries so much weight from a mom who's been a mom for you know. I don't know, almost 23 years. Yes. So it's, it's been a minute. I know. I'm that. getting so old. Oh, for heaven's <laughs> sakes. You're a cutie. I am. Yeah. Like, oh, no. What is happening? You're so anyway. cute. Anyway. Okay. So the last question that we ask everybody on the podcast, okay. which you know because you listen to my podcast. Thanks, mom. Um, is um, what are you learning right now in this season of your life? Well, I, I feel like I've been learning this one thing all of my life, mm-hmm. but, you know, I had, I listened to a sermon on Mother's Day and it really spoke to my heart, but I think that we can be our, our own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone can be. Mm-hmm. And so there is this part of me that wants everything perfect. There's just this part mm-hmm. that wants it all done at mm-hmm. once. And I have learned over time that it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. And it's not all going to be done all at once. It Mm -hmm. won't. Uh, There'll always be something to do. And I have to be content and happy with that. But I think what I'm learning now is that I don't have to be a perfect mother. Hmm. That that I have to be a faithful mother. Hmm. And that, you know, I listened to that last week. It was a Mother's Day message. And I thought, wow, that is so powerful to me. That is so powerful to know that I do not have to raise perfect kids mm-hmm. because I'm not raising perfect kids yeah. and I'm not a perfect mother. I'm not a perfect wife. I'm not a perfect housekeeper, business owner. There are all kinds of flaws that are happening in this mm-hmm. life. But what God is asking me to be is faithful. Yeah. So when I've got the kids trapped in the car and I speaking life to them, Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm doing? Because God's saying, do it, Tracy. Be faithful. Right here, you've got them. Captive audience, say something about me. <laughs> say yeah. something about me. Yeah. You know, am I? And I mean, I don't want to be too salty to where I turn them off. But right. But am I loving on them? How are How are you doing? How's your heart? I'm fine. Can you expand on that? <laughs> it's It's all those things. Yeah. Where am I being faithful? Yeah. Can you trust me? Can they trust me? Or am I crabby? When they mm-hmm. start to try to trust me, mm-hmm. you know, am I being faithful? Am I being faithful to apologize when I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. Am I being a faithful mother? Am I in God's word? Am I praying for them? Am I being a, not perfect, not a perfect mom, mm-hmm. not checking off boxes, but a faithful mother? Mm-hmm. And so that's very encouraging to me. I'm like, okay, yeah. I can work on that. I can well, do this. Well, that, <laughs> that applies to everyone in any season of your life, you know, yes. whether you're a mom or um, a business owner or, you know, married or whatever you're doing, you know, are, are we pursuing faithfulness? Are we pursuing perfection? You know, and God says, God says, you know, that he, he wants to say of us, I want to hear well done, good and faithful Mm -hmm. servant, not good and perfect servant, good and faithful. I just thought of that. And I'm like, you know, he really wants me to be faithful. Mm -hmm. The fact that I love him Mm -hmm. and that I want to please him Mm -hmm. and that now, because I have to, but out of an outflow of my heart of gratitude mm-hmm. for what he's done for me. And right. so, and for heaven's sakes, I want my people in heaven, yeah. you know, and I want my people's people in heaven. And that mm-hmm. takes faithfulness. Yeah, absolutely. Any, I think anything um, that has lasting legacy and lasting impact, especially motherhood, um, 
is it requires faithfulness it does um, and definitely doesn't require perfection because we're not no. perfect you know um but i think that that is really um so full of truth because that is really what we need and what we ought to be in pursuit of is faithfulness over anything else and so um, i think that's a good word i love it yeah love it love it thanks, thanks. for being here mom hey thanks for having me this was fun it's like a little talk <laughs> session with a microphone yeah, we, we it's have awesome a, <laughs> you guys should see our ghetto set up in my office it oh, is very exciting she should take a picture when she gets big we'll, we'll put it on we'll put it on the gram it'll be good so. yes yeah. let's do <laughs> all right well um you're the best i think you're great and uh, i really appreciate you doing this so. well you're welcome i love you babe Okay, I know I'm a little bit biased, but I really, really love today's episode, and I hope that you guys did too. You guys can follow my mom on Instagram at Lavender and stay up to date with the farm happenings. I'm bummed that we didn't get a chance to talk about that today, but we will definitely have her back on for an episode in the future and talk about how the lavender farm ever came into existence and what that looks like now and what it looks like to run a business and all of the things. So I hope that you guys were so encouraged and so inspired by her life. I know that I am, and I'm just really grateful for people that I can look up to in my life and in my world, not just my mom, just there's so many people in my life, so many people I've had on this podcast that I just adore and I love and I think are doing a great work. And so having those kinds of conversations with people like that always stirs up my soul and gets me excited about life. So I hope it does the same for you. So many of you have been so stinking kind to go leave me a review and I cannot tell you how much that means to me. It is just so encouraging to see your words and hear how that podcast is impacting you and how you're enjoying it. And so I just want to say a huge thank you to every single person who has intentionally left me a rating and review. It means so much and it helps other people find the podcast more easily. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you here next time on the True Speaks podcast.